or amber waves of green. Wait, hold on. What's the part where it's like, I think of Ray Charles, where he's like, he's like, God done shit. His grace on thee. Oh, Lord, help us. All right, let's start the podcast. This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by my good friend, Dan Gillette. Without further ado, here is the Behold Podcast. Okay, well, welcome to the Behold Podcast, and uh, happy 4th of July, y'all. This is 4th of July week, whenever you're listening to this, so... Happy America Day. America. Hey, home of the free, brave, home of the land of the brave. What is it? What's the thing? We're so American. Anyways. <laughs> home of the free. What is it? Land land of the free, home of the brave. I don't know. Is this a Free Ameri- and brave. Hopefully you guys are free and brave out there. I love, I love it. it. I love it. And hopefully you feel free uh, in a lot of ways, you know, feel free as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Cool. So, uh, man, Dan, what are you doing this weekend for the July? I'm really excited. I get to, Emily and I get to go to a real live actual wedding in the so, flesh, not on yeah, zoom. It's not like on zoom or on top of a roof or like, no, no offense to you know, rooftop spread weddings. out. Yeah. Or spread out in some, you know, weird way. We get to go to an actual wedding with like a real reception and all that stuff. So really excited. Um, Good, good friend of mine um, for many years is marrying the love of his life. And Emily and I are going to take a little weekend away to uh, celebrate them. And we'll get a little time to ourselves, kid-free. Uh, thanks, Aunt Debbie. Uh, she's taking the kiddos. And uh, just, yeah, looking forward to I actually get to be the MC, So I'll be, I'll be kind of m- moving the party along and, and just hanging out. So it'll be, it'll be a really good time. It's awesome. Yep. Shout out Luke Martin. Hope you have an amazing wedding experience. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, um, I am going to be filming a wedding in Hawaii on 4th of July. Wow. And True. it's actually, it's actually on 4th of July is the wedding. It is on 4th of July. So do you know who other notable friend of ours was married on 4th of July? Do you remember? Tell, tell me more. Uh, Kate, the artist formerly known as Kate McKinnon, uh, oh, now, wow. now Kate Kate and Mark McNeff. So that's pretty shout special. out to you guys. If you're listening, I, I, she is a beholder. Um, I don't know if she's gonna, has been listening recently, but she, uh, if you are Kate, if you're out there, we love you and uh happy almost anniversary. Here's a fun piece of VBC trivia. Kate McKinnon and I were the, the very first music ministry interns at VBC or the OGs. That's right. Yep. That, those were, man, those were some legendary days back then. I, I miss those times. The golden days. Um, So anyways, we hope that you guys have fun plans for 4th of July, that you're going to be with family or loved ones or whatnot, and that's just a a celebratory and fun weekend. And I hope that as you do that, that you stay pure, y'all. How's that for a segue? (laughs) You love love a good segue, don't you? Nothing like a good segue. So that's what we're talking about today, y'all. Talking about purity purity in the church family, purity in your hearts, your perspectives. So what do you think, Dan? What, do you, what, what does that bring to mind when the word purity is spoken? Yeah. Well, I just love, I love too how, how things have been building. Last week we, we talked about just 
how, um, man, like a little bit, a little bit of leaven, you know, leaven's the whole lump, right? And, and Charlie brought us to this, this, this idea of those, those who are faithful, you know, to God are people who pursue purity. And there's this really interesting conversation that I think we can get into just about purity in, in, in a broader sense and, and what that looks like, you know, for the people of God and, and inside the, the church, you know, because, uh, there, there's a, um, I don't know, there's this, there's this truth and Charlie even brought it up that from, from first Corinthians 15, that, that bad company ruins good morals. And so we can be so influenced by each other negatively. We can be so influenced by uh, our own personal, you know, desires and, and things that, that run contrary to God and his nature and his best for us. Uh, so easily, so easily we can be kind of knocked off track. And there's this book that I, that I have been going through uh, the last like six months or so. And, it, and it's by a worship uh, guy named Jeremy Riddle. Um, he's a, he's a worship leader, pastor, and, um, songwriter. And, uh, the book is called the reset and it's all about just returning to the heart of worship and, and living a life that is, that is really, you know, an undivided devotion to the Lord. And he's got this whole chapter on purity. And, and basically he kind of, he kind of talks about purity and, and popularity and how, those two things can, can really fight and work against each other. They can really be in opposition to each other. And, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of read, read a little bit of this chapter. And, um, you know, basically he's making this point that uh, the fastest way to kill the purity of something is to make it popular. And I don't know if you guys resonate with this at all, but man, so much of my thought space and just a lot of my decisions I make, um, I really have to fight against this, this, um, this desire to be liked and to be popular and to, to be kind of, uh, with it, you know? And I, I think especially with the social and cultural and moral pressures that we see from, from the world and how that kind of creeps into the church, it, a lot of times we sacrifice our purity because we are, we want to be on the right side of history or we want to be liked by our peers or we don't want to upset the apple cart, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, 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 I'll just read from the book. It says, um, so there's this question, is it possible to be popular and pure? Can one survive and still remain true to God? So can, can you survive being popular and pure together and, and remain true and faithful to God. And he says this, the answer is yes, but only if purity has a knife to popularity's throat, ready to annihilate it the moment a conflict re- arises. This kind of intensity is crucial. And I'm not just talking about the big conflicts and compromises. I'm talking about the slightest ones. You will never win your bigger battles if you aren't diligent with the smaller ones. And then he goes on to, to talk about Jesus's earthly ministry. And, you know, Jesus uh, experienced moments of, of incredible popularity where, man, there's just crowds and, and multitudes, thousands of people following him and just kind of hanging off every word he said. 
but then he also experienced these these times when what he was saying was too tough for people to to handle and so they bailed on him they left and and the the thing that we that i i point out or that i want to point out about Jesus's ministry and i think it's a great example for us is he never he he stayed faithful to to his father when he was when he was popular and he had thousands of people following him and when his message got too tough and and people people started to revile him and and leave him and and hate what he was saying his mission didn't didn't change just because of his 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 you know popularity shifting and i just think for us as we as we think about this this idea of purity we can never allow popularity to guide our choices or or what we, we what we hold to be true like we have to stay faithful to our father and we have to stay faithful to Jesus and his teachings even if it's not popular so so what do you, what do you think Sean about just that whole conversation of purity and popularity and, and how how they how they can kind of be at odds with each other yeah i mean it's uh, i think it's so um kind of like sneaky how easy that can sneak into our lives you know i think a lot of us maybe are sitting here thinking to ourselves i'm not that person you know i don't i don't want to be the popular person you know i don't want to be the cool kid in school or whatever that's not my goal so i'm good you know but then you dig a little deeper and actually, I think almost all of us, we do have different arenas, little different areas where we do want to be included. We want to be known as, yeah, I, I agree with you, whatever that might be like. Maybe it's I dress the same way as you. Maybe it's I like the same music as you. I have the same stance as you on racial justice or critical race theory or whatever, you know. And before we know it, whether or not we're pursuing popularity, we are pursuing something that's other than the love and devotion of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, yeah. So totally, I think we all all encounter this. And in terms of purity, I think it's a great, like, we mentioned this last week a little bit, but I think it's a great lie from Satan for us to be able to think to ourselves, yeah, I'm capable of of investing a ton of time in all these different things other than Jesus and not having that affect me. You know, we, we lie to ourselves and think, yeah, I can spend hours pursuing this hobby or diving into this philosophy discussion or, or playing that this, video game or yeah, watching, or watching, know, watching that YouTube series thing, or whatever, whatever it is and thinking to ourselves, but I'm good. My view of Jesus is good, you know, but when we look at the word purity, that's not what we see, you know, like a lot of times there's two different ones, but a lot of times in the new Testament, at least the Greek word for purity is katharos. That's how it's translated. And the definition is kind of like a, um, it's, it's in avoiding anything that soils, you know, you mentioned like one little thing will leaven the whole bread and it's, it's not avoiding a big chunk of that. It's, it's a complete avoidance of anything that will soil you. And so for us to think to ourselves, well, I can engage with this a little bit and not be soiled. Well, that's just not true. That's not how life works. You know, that's not how your heart works and your, your, your mind works. And so for sure, I think it's really dangerous and, this idea of purity, I think, for Christians is so important right now, culturally. Like, there's so many things. I think more than ever, people are prompting the question to others, hey, do you think what I think, you know? Hey, mm. do, you, do you agree with my stance on this? And I think there's a lot more pressure than maybe in previous years to say, oh, yeah, I support your view, you know, or, or, or no, this is what I think, you know, which is just such a breeding ground for 
an invitation for some of these little things that will soil, you know? And even just like little things, they start little, but before you know it, your attitudes and your perspectives are no longer solely based on the word of God before you know it. And again, we mentioned this last week, but they start off in a healthy place and then they end up before you even know it, you again, not that you sign up on this checklist to be this popular person or whatever, but all of your mind, all of your time, all of your like thinking attention capacity is spent on things that are not Jesus, which by definition, unpure. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so, it's so interesting to, to have this conversation of purity in the context of Paul's charge to Timothy, right? Because there's a, it starts with a, with a purity of doctrine. It, it starts with really understanding what does God's word say about life? <laughs> we, we don't get to just make it up. We don't get to decide. We don't get to, to mix in our ideas and, and bring in our, you know, predispositions to the word of God. That, that's what muddies the waters. That's what waters down uh, and makes, makes truth and life not, pure is mm-hmm. us kind of bringing in our own stuff. And so, because I, I don't know, I think a lot of times we don't see the connection between what we believe and what we hold to as true and our conduct. We don't, we don't understand. We, we see, we, we see, we fail to see the linkage between our worldview and our actions. And because I think a lot of times when people think about purity, they think about, you know, what, what, what am I, what's happening in my mind? You know, what am I allowing my eyes to see? Uh, what am I doing with, with you know, my hands? And, and where am I allowing my feet to, to take me in life, right? And that is very true, but those are the downstream effects of, of what we believe about what's true and, what, and what, where our reality is anchored. And it is just like a, tiny, like a million tiny little decisions that we make every day you know, to be anchored and grounded in, in the word of God. And that's why these false teachers are so dangerous is because they, they can come in and and influence us in the body, um, to, to, to turn away from a, a pure doctrine. And what we see is it leads to the, you know, a dishonorable use of one's life. Right. That's, and that's the whole thing about, you know, in verse, verse 20, that, um, that, that Paul is warning Timothy about is, Hey, there are, there's, there, there's kind of these, these two categories of people in the church. And we know this from all scripture that there's people in the church who are, who are believers. And then there's people who are in the church who are, who are not believers. And maybe they're either they're seeking, they're on a journey or they, they think they're believers, but, but they're actually not, or, or they're there for some kind of, some kind of, um, nefarious reasons. Right. But, but on the other side of, of believers, like he's saying, there's some people who are here and, and they're trusting in God and they, they've, they've put their faith in him, but they're just not, they're not being faithful in their pursuit of, of purity. Um, and then there's some that, that are right. There's, there's these different kinds of vessels and mm-hmm. yeah, the question is like, what, what kind of vessels do we want to be? And it, and it, it starts with this purity of doctrine and then it kind of overflows into our conduct, right. And our thought life and, you know, what we, yeah, what we see, what we allow. Like, I, I love that idea of like the, the eyes being the window to the soul. Like, what are we allowing into our soul? Um, is it, is it that which is going to, to set us up to be these, these, 
these honorable vessels, you know, that are used for, for God's purposes, um, or, or, or not. Right. Yeah. So, so good. And, you know, speaking of, you know, that connection of our mind, like our belief versus reality, just, we got, we got to take a look at our, the world around us right now, you know, and I know we're talking a lot about cultural stuff, yada, yada, but it's true. Like culturally more than ever, it's becoming the norm out there, you know, the way the world looks, if, if I believe it, it's true, right? Mm, like yeah. I, if, in, out there in the world, if I believe I'm a woman all of a sudden, oh, I'm a woman, that's true now, you know? Right. And you'll be canceled for telling me I'm not or whatever. And so it's just so important to, as we're thinking about this, this chunk of scripture, to, to contrast it with that of, no, no, like truth is truth, right? Like the word of God is the word of God. And what it says is true, and of course, there is an element of how that interacts with us and our lives and our hearts and our, our families and all those kinds of things. And of course, it's an emotional thing. It should be. They're talking about salvation. How can that not be a, an emotional part of your life, right? right? But you can't let your your emotions, your feelings about a scripture to dictate what you think the truth of it means in your life. Does that make sense? Like, absolutely, we should have responses. But when we're talking about purity... There, there's a certain, a certain removal, I think, of our, our attitudes influencing the truth of God. You know, it's, it's flip-flopped. And along those lines, um, you know, I think one of the things I really appreciated that Charlie talked about was from verse 21, which is being set apart as holy. So as we're talking about this whole thing of, you know, purity, 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 there's a people who are faithful and those who are unfaithful or those who think they are, but they're just not doing it, you know, I think one of those markers that's easy, it's an easy question for us to ask ourselves is, am I living my life in a way where I'm set apart as holy from what the world is doing, you know? And Charlie gave this example of back in his fish market days yeah, when he was working <laughs> at Whole Foods, smelling like fish all the time of, you know, he was a manager of all the different fish butchers. What, I don't know, what do you call a fish butcher? A, f- a, f- a, f- a filleter. A f- I don't know. I don't, we'll have to ask Charlie. A filleter. I feel like a filleter is probably. Anyways, he's managing these fish guys, and you know Charlie went into great detail about how expensive these fish are, right? And so any waste is horrible. We gotta cut them efficiently. Yada yada yada. So we have different tools for that. You have a fillet knife, which is super sharp for making the fillets. You have a butching knife or butcher chopper for cutting through bones. And he would, he would come in on certain days and find these guys, these filleters, whatever you want to call them, you know, doing the wrong job with the wrong tool. They'd be using a fillet knife to chop through the bones or vice versa. And what happens is then that fillet knife is no longer able to do what it was meant to do well. It's been dulled by doing the chopping instead of the filleting. And so now that same tool can't do what it's supposed to do as effectively because it's already spent on something else. And the point is, it, so isn't it the same with us in our capacity and our attitudes and our hearts. If we're so consumed with other things, whether it's intentional or not, whether we're intentionally being unfaithful or if we're just carelessly being unfaithful, like you mentioned, Dan, if all of our attention and mind and, and time is being spent on other stuff, then before we know it, our knife is dulled. You know, we're no longer effective in being able to, to purely serve God in his kingdom because we're just spent on other stuff, right? Totally, and that, and and when we apply that principle to to God's promises, it's it's really uh, a great gut check for us. Because Charlie's point with that first twenty one was we 
the the faithful, so the 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 vessels that are that are honorable, you know, in in the household of God, they they know how to take. They know how they know which promises of God, which which tool, which knife to use, and to how to apply it properly, right? They they know how to to take the, the precious and very great promises. To borrow a phrase from Second Peter one three through four, they they know about these promises and they know which ones to apply in 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 a given situation. And I love that you know Peter ends that section by saying. That there's a, there's an escape from the corruption that is in the world. Um, so we have these we have these sinful desires. We have these influences that that come in from the world and can actually even be present in the church. These kinds of these influences that will um, corrupt the purity uh, that that God g- you know gave His life to, to to secure for us. And we the the way that we stay faithful so that we're ready for every good work is we, we know, we know about these promises. We consider them precious and we, we know how to handle them and deal with them and, and to, to apply them to our life. And I just think that is so, so important, you know, when it comes to any arena of, of purity, if it's, if it, if it has to do with, um, you know, sexual immorality, right? Like it, I mean, Paul says like, don't even let there be a hint of sexual immorality among you, or if it if it comes down to, you know what what is our what is our understanding uh, of the sanctity of, of human life? You know, just do do we believe and understand that that we're image bearers that that God has has um, created us to reflect His nature to the world, and so life is precious. You know, or or if it if it comes down to, um, you know how we how we exercise um, our unity and freedom in the body. You know, are we, are we going to, you know, push our secondary convictions on other people? Um, or are we going to, you know, keep them to ourselves and, and, and yield to each other, you know, um, and focus on the essentials, whatever arena that, that we might be struggling with in terms of purity, God has a promise to, to help us navigate that. And, Man, we have to be we have to be a biblically literate people, um, you know. If we if we have any hopes of of staying faithful um, to, you know, to being these these type of vessels that that um, Paul is telling Timothy about. Man, I love that, and I love at the end of um, that that First Peter or sorry Second Peter verse, just the the idea of like escaping from corruption. Yeah, yeah. And just like the what that communicates about our attitudes, right? Like just this urgency of running from these corrupting things. You know, of like you said, I want nothing to do with them. It's not just, oh yeah, I'm I'll engage with you in conversation about it, but I'm not gonna get like too into it, you know? But just no, I'm gonna run the heck away. I don't want anything to do with it. I think it just sometimes again, we 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 I think Satan lies to us and then we believe the lie of just, yeah, we can engage with these things and not be impacted or, Oh, you know what? I can talk with my neighbor about this scandalous thing, but I'll try to do it in a way that's like Christian, you know, (laughs) but no, like we have Christian gossip. Well, it'll be gossip, but it'll be like, it'll be sanctified. Yeah. Or, you know, (laughs) or just the quote unquote, you know, I I don't want to gossip, but, and you go and you gossip, right. Or whatever it is. But no, like we should be running from it. And that should be so obvious to everyone watching us. It's just that we we want nothing to do with these things. And that reminds me of James 4, 
you know, about um, friendship with the world. What, what does it say, Dan, when it says, don't you know that friendship with the world is what with God? Enmity with God. Enmity. You are an enemy. You are absolutely against God if you are shown as being a friend to the way the world thinks and believes everything. Yeah. And man, that's the whole thing about purity is if we are pure, it should, we should be able to be seen as pure, right? But yeah. if, you, if, you, if, you're, if people look at you... And they say to themselves, yeah, Sean Helch, he responds to things. He talks about things. He he's spends different. his time. He's different. Well, I was going to say, built, if he, if he does yeah. it the same way as everyone else, he's undistinguishable. Then, man, he's right. a friend of the world. And he is, yeah. he is standing against God. And, you know, I think hand in hand with this is purity isn't just about, I mean, it is, but it's not just about people seeing God in us. I think a huge part of it is us being able to see God in our lives and engage with him, you know, and mm-hmm. walk with him and just experience freedom with him. You know, Matthew five, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. That's cool. And it's so true is when we're in, when we're really pursuing purity and when we're really pursuing just running away from these corrupting things, hundred percent, we are more engaged with the word of God. We're more communal with him in prayer, the Holy spirit. We can, we can sense his presence more. All that's so true. Yeah. And so, yes, this is for you to glorify God in, 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 in your life to others. But at the same time, man, it's for your own benefit and your walk with the Lord. Well, yeah, it's highly relational, you know, and, and, and it, it should charge us up. It should get us excited because, well, I just, I love those, these two phrases there, man, they're just, we can just cling to them. So um, we want to be these honorable vessels, right? For, for, for use. And I just love these two phrases set apart as holy, Mm-hmm. and useful to the master of the house. Dude, there's this old school um, <laughs> worship song uh, that, it, do, do you remember those um, those worship uh, compilations that would come out, you know, before we had Spotify and YouTube and stuff? They were like these little worship CDs. It was called Wow Worship. Oh, I still listen to those. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So uh, this was definitely on there, but it's called Refiner's Fire. And it's um, the chorus is, you know, refiner's fire, my heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. Do you remember that song? Yeah, it's so good. Dude, so, so good. Yeah. And I was just thinking about it as as Charlie was was going through that. And um it's it's a little bit countercultural <laughs> in you know, in, in our American culture and in our highly like autonomous, individualistic culture and society, we do not, we do not value and praise like servitude and, and being, uh, useful to the master. Like that is antiquated and, uh, you know, oppressive. And, and we, we hate that, you know, in our, in our modern culture, but man, just to, to think about the love and devotion that is, is, attached to it, the relational aspect of it. And when I think about purity, man, it's, it's, it's about, it's about love. It's about worship. It's about, man, I I think about that, that account of, of Jesus being, uh, being blessed and, and, and ministered to by, uh, that woman that came in with the alabaster flask of ointment. And she, she broke the bottle and she, 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 she wet Jesus's feet with her tears. There was such, you know, and with her hair, she washed his feet. And there was just this, this incredible act of, 
of, of pure worship and devotion. Like it, she was not worried about who was in the room or what they might think. She just was wanting to be a blessing. She was wanting to minister to the heart of God. And, you know, it's, it's like this idea of like, okay, let's say, let's say you're a slave and you've spent your whole life in captivity and you've been mistreated and abused and tormented by, by your master. Um, but then another master comes along and says, Hey, I'm going to buy you. I'm going to make you my own. And so you, you know, you go and, and you think, okay, well, here we go again, you know, rinse and repeat. Uh, what, what are you going to do to me now? And, and then the new master says, I'm going to set you free. And you're like, mm. what? Yeah, you're free. And then you, you know, you say, well, what do I do now? And then the master's like, well, do whatever you want, you know? And, and, and you stop and you think, and you're just like, well, I want to stay with you <laughs> because clearly you, 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 you have this, you have a love for me that I want to reflect back to you. And that's purity. Right. And, and I just, man, I just, I love that, that idea of like being useful to the master and set apart as holy, just like God is holy. That's, that's the mission that we, that we have in when, you know, when I've been struggling in times in my life where I'm like, I don't know, um, you know, struggling with lust or, or struggling with, with bitterness or, or anger, or, um, you know, I've, I've let influences come into my life that have really watered down my devotion to God. When I think about those times in my life, um, they kept me from being useful. They kept me from, from being a mm. blessing to, to the Lord and, and to be used in his church and, and even out in the world, you know, pure, like when, when we're, when we are, when we get, get this corruption going on in our life or in our church, it, it, it blocks us from being, you know, these honorable vessels to be used for the master of the house. And yeah, I just, um, I think it really does come down to like, what, what are you loving? Right. What are you allowing your devotion to be caught up into? And, and it just reminds me of revelation chapter three, uh, Jesus, you know, is, is, is speaking to the church in Laodicea and he's saying, uh, you know, I wish that you were either hot or cold, but you're, you're just kind of this lukewarm. You're this watered down, you know, corrupted kind of, kind of temperature. <laughs> um, and you, you know, you've forgotten your, your first love. Like you, you've gone away from what, what you started in. And the cool thing about these unfaithful vessels that, that, that Paul is talking about, he's saying we have to deal with them. We can't let them influence us. We have to get them out of the church if necessary. But the goal is always for them to, to turn back. The goal is for them to, 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 to be, um, to come back to, to their first love and to, to really remember what that pure devotion looks like. And so wherever we're at, we can always come back. Jesus is always standing at that door and he's knocking and he's, he just, he just wants us to open the door so he can come in. Man, that's so good, Dan. And you know, you're talking about how in those seasons, you're less useful for, for God. You're not right. able to be impactful. 
that reminds me of um, the screw tape letters, you know, C.S. Lewis's book about, if you haven't read this book, C.S. Lewis wrote it and it's basically like journal entries between demons having this conversation about how can they, you know, influence and destroy a, a human's life, you know? And it's interesting because from Lewis's perspective, a lot of their tactics, they're not even, hey, let me destroy this person with sin and get them to fall into addiction and drugs and that kind of stuff. A lot of it is just focused on, let me keep them distracted. Let me keep them busy so that they can't go turn around and engage with God and glorify God. And this is so true with this scenario. You know, when we're unpure, when we're distracted of heart and our knife is being dulled in the wrong task, we're just not able to, to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. We're not able to use his giftings he's given us and the way he wants us to do and all those things. And that's just so sad. Again, for, for both sides of the coin, for everyone else around us, for the kingdom of God, for your church family, but also for yourself, for the, for the freedoms and the joy that you get to experience when you're using your giftings in those, in those ways. So it's just super uh, just poignant as a reminder. And then also, man, I love just your reminder of at the end of the day, we talk about purity and we're so used to this, like this dialogue of purity being like, don't look at porn and don't cheat yeah. on your wife and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it, it's, it, like, it's like the purity culture, you know, like, I, you know, my, Emily and I were talking about this um, the other night that, that that's kind of what the era that we grew up in, you know, where it's like, um, you know, just abstain and do, you know, and just, and it was it, like, I think where you're going with this is it was all about what not to do. Right. And, yeah. and that was the emphasis, like just quit doing this stuff. Right. Yeah. But what were you going to say? Oh, hundred percent. And then you're yeah. so right. I think like we are, our wave of Christianity is very much like the turn and burn, you know, section. Yeah, exactly. Um, but turn or turn, turn or, or burn. burn, not turn and burn. That's no, don't do that. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, it's, we're used to speaking about purity in this way that you're know, not just make it sound like, Oh, like be, don't be square, like be, be square or whatever, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't miss out. But in reality, like you said, it's about love, you know, it's about joy. It's about freedom. It's about peace. It's about all the ways that God wants you to enjoy life, not miss out on things, but enjoy things. You right. know, like, I mean, I've spent so much time focusing on just don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin, don't sin. And it wasn't until I, I, I shifted and just said, let me just love Jesus. <laughs> let me just love Jesus more than, than any of these other lesser things that, that I keep running to. And man, there's so much more freedom um, to live in purity when we're just fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we're just like, dude, he's better than any of these things, any of these other lesser desires that I have, any of these other things that the world is telling me, hey, th this will make you happy. This will give you fulfillment. You know, you'll find your identity in this. Man, if we take our eyes, if, if, we're, if, it's, if life is all about just staying away from that, as opposed to running to Jesus, uh, I think th that'll only get us so far towards purity. You know what I mean? 100%. Well, let me just ask you, like, do you do you feel like you miss out because you can only experience intimacy and romance with Emily? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely no, not. There's do, zero do, FOMO. Zero FOMO from uh, you know doing doing marriage and sexuality and relationship and and you know God's way with Emily. Like, and why is that? Because you love her. I love her. Yeah. Cause you love her. Well, and, and also I thought, I think too, like God has made a provision for me 
to, you know, to have some of those things fulfilled. And, and I understand there's a lot of people listening who, who haven't had that provision. Right. Um, and, and there's some challenges that go along with that, but, but, you know, it's like we talked about on the podcast, uh, a few weeks ago, like whatever we, whatever we give up for, you know, for Jesus, we will be repaid a hundredfold by Jesus in this life and in the age to come. So whatever, whatever we give up for the sake of purity and love, Jesus is going to repay us. We're, we're, we're not, we're not giving up these things we, we, we quote unquote love, you know, these, these desires and these relationships and these settings, you know, these pursuits, we're not giving them up so that we can go live like a loveless life in the desert. <laughs> we're giving up lesser loves so that we can find the ultimate love in Jesus and, and in, in a community, a Jesus community. And that, that is really important for us to cling to as we talk about purity. hundred percent. And I think like, just again, to correct this like notion out there that walking with Jesus is boring or you're missing out on things. No, it's the way that God intended humans to live, you know, in full joy in full peace in full confidence. This reminds me of another quote from Screwtape Letters, actually, where they're talking about pleasure, right? Talking about twisting pleasure and then versus mm. God's view of pleasure. It says that pleasure, when it's in its full and satisfying form, is always God's arena, always God's. Mm. When it's not full and satisfying, that's Satan's arena, right? So when we're talking about purity, man, again, if we think about purity in a context of, oh, I'm going to miss out and that sounds boring on things, that is Satan's lies. Rather, right. when you're living life in a pure way and you're engaging with all of his promises and truths in a full way, man, it will be full and satisfying. Guaranteed. Yeah. God promises yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean it won't be you you it doesn't mean that it won't be um challenging. You know, I think about just a handful of of godly, faithful single people in our church uh of of various ages, you know, young adults all the way up to um you know, we have an elder who is how old and single? Okay. Like, is is he in his 60s? 50? Uh, I think he's 58 or 59. Okay. Okay. So, so we have these people in our church who, who, um, man, the world looks at them and say, and says, well, according to God's way, according to God's purity, these people have no outlet for their sexual desires. They have no outlet for, to experience, you know, the, 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 um, the arrows the like that romantic kind of, of passionate love that, that we see in scripture. And, and that's cruel, man. Those people should be able to, to, to have sexual partners and they should be able to, 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 to do, you know, to, to have what their hearts desire. But if you interviewed them and you just, you, you talk to them about, man, when you, how, how is your purity and your faithfulness to God? And, and I think what we would find out is they would say, yeah, you know, it's challenging. Like I do have these desires and I do, I do, you know, some of them would say, I do want to be married and I, and I, I do want to experience that kind of connection with, with, um, you know, a person. Um, they would say that, but I think ultimately what they would say is, but, but God is, is satisfying me at, at a deeper, at the deepest level of my, my soul. And, I, I am trusting him. I'm staying faithful to him because I see the benefit of pursuing purity. I see the benefit of 
being set apart as holy so that I can be useful um, in the household of God. I want to be useful to the master. And that's what gives me identity and joy and purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction. And I, I know we would hear those answers because I have talked to those people and, and I know that that's where they're at. Not to say that they don't have longings, not to say that they don't um, desire, you know, those, those other types of loves, but, but they are holding up in purity, their love and devotion and relationship and connection with Jesus. And that is central um, to, and, and it becomes and it before any, any other lesser love. Amen. Amen. Shout out to all them singles out there. We love you. We see you. We you guys see are crushing it. We see you, Tim Barley. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but it's so true. And I think that, um, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up here, talking about purity and about our attitudes, you know, it's been a, it's been a, a really similar theming, right, for a lot of Second Timothy. But it's been so good about where is our attention? Where, where is our time spent? Where is our attitudes? Are we being pure? Because at the end of the day, again, people see this, you know, I think that we're totally fooling ourselves if we think that we can slip under the radar, you know, and, and do life out there and not be categorized in one of these two worlds. You know, are we like the rest of the world or are we distinctly different? And so as we, you know, close out soon, maybe it's something for you to be chewing on and thinking about is, you know, are, do the people in your life who really know you, you know, your spouses, your family, your coworkers, your close friends, would they say Sean or Dan or whoever? Yeah, they, they want nothing to do with these things. You know, they're, they are running from sin. They're running from controversy. They're running from corrupting things. Or would they say, yeah, they, they're digging into all the other things that the world is, you know, all these different movements happening. They're super invested in all of them or whatever. And it's not to say, obviously, that we want to be these like Christian head in the sand, naive to what's going on kind of people, you know, but as far or, as or these, or these like uh, high and mighty pious, holier than thou people either. We don't, we don't want to be that either. Right. hundred percent. That's not how Jesus was. Right. But again, Jesus never, even though he engaged with all these things, he engaged with the lowest people and the lowest things, but he never made those his hopes, right? He never made that what he was about. He was very clear always about his mission and his intent and all those things. Yeah. It was ne- his, his purity and his mission was never compromised, even though he, he, he said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm here in the world to seek the lost, right? I'm here in the world to, to, to spend time with, with, uh, you know, the, the fringe people, the marginal people, the, the people that are the most, um, I don't know, like overt and, and out there in terms of their disobedience to God, right? He said, I'm going after those people, but I'm never going to let my, my mission and my faithfulness to God be compromised. 100%. And so as we are wrapping up, you know, I just want to give an encouragement of sharpen that knife, y'all. Get that knife sharpened. Because if you think about this process, you're the filet. Do you think you sharpen your knife once, you know, and you're set for life? No. Mm. You got you to gotta constantly hone that thing and sharpen it down. And the reality is, like we've mentioned in the past few weeks, you're going to sharpen something. You know, you're going to spend your time doing something. And, you know, Jesus tells us over and over again to, to meditate and to, to sit on his truth and his word. And I, just, I love that picture of, you know, the, the cow chewing the cud of just over and over 
and over Meditate. again, I'm going to, yes, yeah, sit on these truths and remind my heart because if not, then something else is going to get in there and influence it. And, and then that purity comes into question. So that's my, yeah, absolutely. Note. I love that. I love it. And just, and the, and just to be clear, like the, the, the knife, right. Is, is, is the God's promises, right. And how we, how we think of them. Do we view, do we view them as precious to the point where we, 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 we study them, we meditate on them. We, we pray them back to the Lord. We preach them to ourselves. We share that with, with um, people inside and outside of the church, you know, are we interacting with God's word in a way that, that is, is transformative in our life in a way that is like, we're putting it into practice. We talk about being doers of the word, but, and I think that's very important, but, but don't you think it starts with our view and, and like, do we, do we highly, do we think of like what Peter said, are, do we think of God's promises as, as precious and, and very great. <laughs> do we, or, or do we just kind of, we're just kind of like, eh, the Bible's cool. Like, yeah, um, I mean, I'll get, I'll get there if I have time this, this week, this month, <laughs> yep. you know, or are we, are we looking at God's word and we're saying, no, dude, this is precious and very great because I think if it doesn't start there, then we're not going to really get to a point where we're, we're, we're using it and we're, we're, we're sharpening it and we're sharing it with other people you know what I mean? Amen, hundred percent. And so that's a good, good, good thing for you to ask yourself again about the knife thing is when you're thinking about some of these things, like quiet time with the Lord, you know, being in a small group, serving on Sundays, even just going on Sunday morning. If you, <laughs> if, if those things fall into the category of oh man, I don't know if I have the energy for that, I don't have the time for that, then man, do some do some digging and some praying because there's a good chance that your knife is being doled elsewhere. You know. That said. Man, we're grateful for you all. We hope that, you know, as we all, me and Dan and Tim Barley and all the others, all of us, we're all going to be dealing with this for the rest of our lives until we're with Jesus, right? About focusing our hearts, resharpening our knife on the word of God and his promises about staying pure. But again, there's a beauty and a freedom in that. And so we're, we love to get to do this with all of you guys. All right, guys, thanks for joining us on this Behold. If you have any questions about anything we said or you want to let us know how you're going to sharpen your knife this week, drop us a beat. And other than that, man, happy 4th of July, y'all. Happy America Day. See you all next week. purple mountains, majesty. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.